0: You're listening to the next phase of Cybersecurity Podcast. With this series, you can stay up to date with all the latest information and trends in the cybersecurity space by hearing from today's leading analysts, end users, and vendors so that you can be prepared for all scenarios to help protect your business.
1: Hello and welcome to the next phase of Cybersecurity Podcast and EM360 Production. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's show. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you go for your podcasting fix. Now this week I'm very excited because I have a favorite guest that we had on previously rejoining us and it's Carolyn Crandall who's the Chief Security Advocate at Ativo Networks. Carolyn first featured on the EM360 podcast to talk about deception technology and its ability to turn the tables on attackers. But this time she's here to set out how to disrupt attackers' toolkits and ultimately render them powerless. So Carolyn, welcome back to the EM360 podcast. It's great to have you on.
0: It's great to be back. Thank you.
1: Very welcome. And you and me did a podcast almost oh, been about a year and a half ago now. So if you wouldn't mind refreshing our listener, um, in regards to your background and a little bit more on Ativo Networks, please.
0: Absolutely. So I uh, myself have been in the high tech industry for a little over 30 years now. I never still believe that when it comes across my lips, but that (laughs) is true. And I currently have been working for the last six years at a company called Ativo Networks, a very interesting company, because instead of really focused on preventing that initial compromise, it gives eyes and ears visibility into the things that are happening Within the uh, network that give you uh, visibility to attacks exposures, how to reduce that attack surface, and some really interesting detection methodology to be able to detect the attacker as they move laterally within the network and look to escalate their privileges. So it's really that in-network activity that the organization um, is focused on. And uh, as of most recent, there's a new category that's uh, been introduced in the last year. And and, uh, folks like Gartner are talking about identity identity first as a priority for 2021. And the company has been really focused on identity detection and response, which is really around detecting uh, credential misuse and privilege escalation through Active Directory or misuse of cloud entitlements. And so um, really hot topic, but has been the fundamental Achilles heel of the majority of big ransomware attacks. So it's been kind of fun to look at how we can show visibility into how an attacker would exploit that and how you can stop them
1: amazing stuff this is why we like working with ativo networks because you guys always have your finger on the pulse it's always best uh you guys have the same approach as we do where it's like educate people educate people and help them as much as possible so uh looking forward to this conversation and as i mentioned in the introduction obviously we're talking about disrupting these attackers' toolkits and what's going on within that side of things. So my first question to kick off the show is what types of deceptive and destructive tactics and tools are attackers using to really infiltrate businesses today, especially when we're looking at those who are really in a primarily remote role?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the toolkits continue to evolve um, by the attackers that are out there. But one of the most common things that we're seeing is the the uh, misuse of credentials. So they're going to use tools to harvest and steal the credentials themselves. Once they have the uh, credentials, they're going to look to misuse them. Um, they're going to use tools like Bloodhound or Mimikatz or PowerShell or other things to be able to get insights into the network. And then there's some new tools that are out there like lasagna that are going to be able to harvest um, credentials from credential stores. And and this is how they can steal large amounts of credentials at one time. And so it's it's some very advanced tools. Uh, a lot of these tools were designed for good, but now are also used for bad. And it's really hard to detect this activity when it's happening with traditional defenses because they're more looking for when tr- somebody tries to detonate the malware or an attack is underway. And what you're really looking for now is is how do you disrupt the attacker toolkit at the point of observations, right? So they don't intuitively know, unless they're an insider, how things are laid out inside of the network. And so in that environment, you want to be able to catch them as they're trying to learn themselves what's going on in the network, and they'll do that through a mix of reconnaissance activity. Um, They'll look for ways to exploit Active Directory kind of as your central GPS, right? You know, Where are all the permissions? What are the connections to things? How do they basically get in and get to the things that they want? And then they're very much looking at using these tools to look at cloud entitlements. So if we look at the infrastructure entitlements that are out there today, And the mix of human and non-human entities, that introduction of non-human entities has caused an explosion of things. And what results in is a lot of over-provisioning, right? So they take all the 20 years of complexity that we've grown through Active Directory and the giant hairball it is. And a lot of people have just thrown that into the cloud environments as well, we use that here. It's like, okay, that's a problem. You're just propagating the bad. But now all of a sudden you have those non-human entities and there's a lot of group policies that are being set up and those are causing another level of explosion. And so really what organizations need right now is, is the visibility to see when those misconfigurations are there are the exposures or the vulnerabilities so that they can see what the attacker sees and they can see those attack paths. But they can do it in a way that's easier and automated so companies of all sizes can do it and they can shut down those attack paths before they have a chance for the attacker to, um, to use them.
1: Amazing. And as you say, there's a lot in there, especially when people are kind of putting things in the cloud without necessarily putting a plan in place to protect it can lead to a lot of issues. But as you say, it's able for your small businesses, your large businesses that can kind of come forth and and make sure that this doesn't happen. And I'm, I'm curious to lead on from that. If we look at how deception technology detects and mitigate these common yet characteristically different threats. How how can that kind of work?
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because deception has evolved quite a bit. So most people, when they think about cyber deception, you'll think about, oh, let me set out some um, some lures out there. Let me set up some decoys. And there's a lot of sophistication right now, um, both on-premise and in cloud environments. So if you think about on-premise, you can set up decoys for credentials on your endpoints. You can set up uh, decoys in your network to look like your servers. You can make them look like um, routers, switches, VoIP infrastructure. Um, there's even decoy today that can make it look like uh, energy substation <laughs> you know, type materials. And so So it's very sophisticated what you can do um, as far as setting up those decoys. But there's also a whole different environment when you start to get into the cloud and you look at, you know, buckets and containers and other things that are out there, and you can set up decoys for all of those things as well. And so it's great to have an asset defense that's out there so that uh, as you interweave that deception through the environment, you can't tell what's real and what's fake, And that becomes very effective because it's a very high fidelity alert. And if it goes off, you know that somebody, whether they're inside or external, is doing something they shouldn't. And so as we look at the approach to architectures and cybersecurity today... We um, always look at that as a line of defense, but back to pulling things forward to the point of of uh, misconfigurations. If you look at some recent research that was put up by Gartner, and they talked about ninety nine percent of cloud security failures by twenty twenty three are going to be the customer's fault, right? And and it's not through ill will by any means. It's just because. It's so hard to get visibility into the things that are going on that you need to be able to look at those visibility tools to be able to look at basically from that user to the resource, what are those attack paths look like and what could be exploited, but then also working the reverse direction from the resource back out. So kind of the who and what can people get to. So a lot of people don't think about it as you go, oh, this new person um, just came onto my company. We'll just clone their profile. Are clone their access. And all of a sudden now, somebody who had this access at one point in time, it just got proliferated to other people. And of course, people don't turn off access as regularly or frequently as they should, and they just kind of forget and move on, or people change. And so giving the visibility out there to see how those entitlements change over time will be really important and critical. And so um, cloud has introduced this whole magnification of issues that are out there. But also if I take a step back and I, I like to look at things from the endpoint forward, right? So we have all these EPP and EDR type tools that are giving endpoint protection, but they're really not designed to protect against those credential attacks, and so getting visibility into into where are your exposed credentials on the endpoint. Let's say if you've got admin credentials or shadow admin that's out there, let's see what those attack paths look like. And if they can get to Active Directory, and, and it's, it's kind of surprising sometimes how many times we can get from an endpoint into a domain and even get domain control. Again, you get one replication error. And somebody's going to get in and then it's game over, right? Because they can start changing security policies. They can arrange for mass distribution of malware. And so you want to be able to have visibility to see when those mass account changes are happening or suspicious password activity, um, you know, password resets and things, a DC shadow attack. These are things that traditional tools aren't providing visibility to that now is available to give insights at both those user device and domain level exposures so so if you haven't guessed kind of the theme is identity visibility and then the second part of it is is that detection and response so that not only you want to clean up the things and reduce your attack paths but you want to see if attacks are going on in your active directory environment because that can be a very um game over situation for you right you don't want to get let them get access control and the sad thing, and I'm not going to stop and give you a chance to, to, to talk because I feel like I've been rambling on here, but, but the sad thing is, is that, that if you ask the pen testers that are out there, how often can I get to Active Directory, they will tell you, oh, all the time right and and it was interesting we we did a, a survey recently on um, active directory risk and exposures, if you want to see it, it's on the website but um but it was really interesting the amount that um, you know over half of the companies had been had their active directory attacked. Um, in the last couple of years, and then 42% had been successful. So those are some pretty high numbers of people can, that actually can get in from the outside, be able to take over Active Directory. And once you do that, you you do get the keys to the kingdom. That's the treasure trove of information and access. So again, I highly, highly encourage people to really Look at Active Directory, not just rely on doing your your every once in a while audits, because we recently worked with the CISO, and he's like, I've done two audits this year, I've done 200 hours of security assessment, you won't find anything. And, and we offer folks a free Active Directory assessment, which you are more than welcome to take us up on. Um, but we went in and we did this and his response is, oh my gosh, I feel like an ostrich with my head in the sand because we showed him things that although he had policies, the policies weren't being adhered to or there was drift or there was a configuration error. And so you need to be able to get continuous visibility to something that is so critical for your defense. And um, the majority of organizations are not quite there yet because the technology is new right? So you want to go out and look at some of the new things that are there so that you close up that gap in your defenses.
1: hundred percent. And this, this was a conversation you and me were having before we went live with the podcast here of, it is very simple to, for something exactly like Active Directory to, to miss those credentials and then have that kind of hole in the wall, which is quite easily exposed. And it's, it's, interesting the stats that you're giving well, alarming but interesting uh, to kind of see how that is progressing and i'm curious then we've obviously spoke about what is what is happening how do you kind of detect and mitigate you know common problems and things of that nature but i'm also curious how you know what extent do enterprise security posture evaluation really play into that hacker prevention or or defeat do you have any kind of use case examples relating to this that could kind of help paint that picture
0: Yeah. No, it's, and it's absolutely critical to be able to, to have that visibility because otherwise you could prevent something from, you know, you can prevent something from happening if you can find those exposures, get enough information about them and shut down those attack paths. Otherwise you're, you're in a reactive mode, right? You're waiting to detect that activity. And, you know, everybody will talk about the kill chain and the cycles. And so the, sooner you can get that information about either an exposure that'll hurt you or the activity of the attacker the better off you'll be you don't want to wait until the the data is being exfiltrated or they're encrypting your your drives on your network to find out you've got a problem and so if you think about what can be done today is um and I'll talk a little bit about the Ativo technology because it's what I'm familiar with, but if I can provide you with the health score that you can go in and you can look at on a continuous basis to see where's my high, medium, low exposures, what kind of trust changes can I see inside of my network so your are your views are gonna change. You can see the test results by domain, user, or computer uh, level exposures, and you can see where the most vulnerable pieces are. And so, again, I totally understand everybody, is limited with time and staff and skill set. But if you can see things prioritized by what's your most severe activities, you can work on shutting those down first. Um, and the other thing that Ativo did inside of the um, the uh, screen that we provide that says, okay, we've detected something, now what do you do about it? So you get some really practical guidance for remediation where you get a description of what's going on, the steps to mitigate it. Um, it's mapped to MITRE attack and CVEs and tells you what kind of tools the attacker is using. So you get really this whole wealth of information that you would typically either have to have tribal knowledge of, or you'd need to go look it up. And so saving time and response and remediation will let you get to not only just the very high or high, but maybe into some of the medium or more low exposures to get rid of those risks as well. So it, again, gives you ability to create a risk profile, do something about it. And then the other thing is, is talking to your board about or your management about getting the funding that you need to introduce something like this. So if you can show, and everybody loves metrics, you know, when you're talking to executives. So, so you know, get your assessment and measurement of your exposures and risks, um, be able to show them the analysis of it and why it's risky to them. Um, You know, and then talk about what it can do to the business continuity and the welfare of your company, right? If you get a ransomware attack, it's not just the financial payout, but there's been a lot of changes in insurance policies and what they'll do and what they'll pay out now if you've not provided adequate uh, diligence in protecting your your, uh, network. And so if you look at that and say, well, if, if Active Directory is a treasure trove of information and gives you the access and you haven't adequately protected it, and there are tools out there to do that, it could get you in a very uncomfortable situation of them saying, you haven't done the diligence that you need. Um, and the interpretation around compliance is also changing a lot now too, right? So if you had compliance before, just because you didn't list it as part of your compliance structure for protecting your data doesn't mean you're off the hook, right? So now you have to take a look at what you've been doing for compliance and not only compliant with your policy, but make sure your policies are extensive enough to cover the risk model that's being expected of you both from your customers your insurance companies and and maybe others so a lot more to to think about today which puts a lot more pressure on the visibility that you have into these risky exposures in your network and what you need to do about it
1: it's yeah it's very true it's it's understanding each one of those levels and and really having eyes everywhere which we we all know is an impossible task to to really deliver on but having the wherewithal, understanding, as you were saying, the risks of ransomware, not only from a financial perspective, but all the way down the line of the company is so important for organizations to wrap their head around, which a lot do. It's just having it present in mind, always constantly going forward. And I think we obviously need to discuss, and we've touched on it as we've kind of been going through here, but... It, it, it can happen. It it, it probably will happen. It, it, it's going to happen that an attacker manages to compromise an endpoint or, you know, get access to a, a network that we're kind of working on as we've been discussing. But how do we really stop that attack from a security team perspective moving laterally? what What's the quickest way to kind of cut that off at a source?
0: Yeah. So I'd say the first thing is, is, you know, have the technology to uh, analyze your endpoints and look for those exposed credentials, right? Get rid of those attack paths. If somebody can get from your endpoint because one of your administrator left credentials on the endpoint, or maybe you've got... Um, credentials that are in places where they shouldn't be like get rid of those risks. So step one is, is remove the opportunity. The second is we know they're going to go for active directory because that's where they get the access and control to be able to take their actions change security policies maybe lock you out maybe change your backups you know there's a lot of things they can do if they get active directory control and we know that active directory is under siege by attacker attackers so the second thing i would say is is protect your active directory get the visibility get the live attack detection Get the technology in so that if if privilege escalation activities are going on, that you can stop that. And then the third is, as we all know, you saw it in the SolarWinds incident, that they're jumping from on-prem to cloud and they're going from cloud to on-prem. So the other thing is, is if you are like the majority of organizations starting to migrate to the cloud, don't forget about those uh, entitlements that are in the cloud and the over-provisioning that, that happens there. Um, and just for another numbers for your, your files and, and using for your convincing <laughs> is, you know, they say right now that at least 95% of the entitlements that are given are not used. Right. And, and again, there's tools that are out there there today, like what Evo delivers up that will show you what those attack paths look like, what those connections look like. And then you can determine with visibility and confidence that, okay, this one doesn't need to be here. So let's go ahead and take that person either out of that group or that policy access, and even employees leaving the companies or the transient work of suppliers and contractors, get all that stuff cleaned up so that you're not um, having elevated risks. And so the good news is, technology that wasn't here a year or two ago is now here. It makes it super easy to do this stuff. So I definitely think organizations, as they look at finishing the year, if they've got any extra budget, here's a good place to spend it. And in 2022, identity protection, um, specifically identity security, which is not about what identity access management, privilege access management or IGA tools do. This is about security for the credentials and the privileges in their network. Make sure that gets into your plans for 2022 because you're going to want to protect the, protect these things because this is what the attackers are going after. And this is the the one of the most effective ways that is not currently covered to stop them.
1: 100%, you know, New Year's resolutions for everyone going forward, do your auditing, check, clear up things that don't need to be there. That's so important because if that habit develops now, you're saving yourself, A, risks in the future, but also more workloads when you do have to do it, which you should be doing along the way. So, yeah, as we were just saying there, when we're kind of moving from that lateral perspective and keeping account of those audits and everything that we really can keep track of is so imperative. And I'm curious now as we kind of come to the final question of the show here, when we spoke previously, we were saying how much has changed in the past year year for you and for Ativo, and and how everything's been kind of evolving. So I'm kind of curious if you put your prediction head on where the deception technology industry is heading in the near future. Um, are there any other enterprise security challenges it could potentially help to defend against uh, that people? Obviously, we've spoken about ransomware and how important Active Directory is, but um, where are you kind of seeing this heading in the future?
0: Yeah, no, deception has been evolving quite a bit, especially over the last year. And and this does tie back a lot to, again, looking at the techniques that an attacker uses to attack, um, specifically around ransomware technology. So if we look at the patterns that they're going to take, they're going to, um, they're going to do their reconnaissance, they're going to try to move laterally and elevate their privileges, and they're going to then try to detonate their malware and encrypt your your systems. And so if we look at what deception has done, there's aspects of decoys, there's lures, and now there's newer concealment and misdirection technology. And this, um, whether you want to call it like a deception 3.0 or next-gen deception, but this is different. So instead of interweaving uh, this technology or decoys throughout the production assets, you're making production things disappear. And so if you look at what the attacker needs is they need credentials. So let's make it so that they cannot um, use those tools like lasagna to dump credentials from the credential store. So you're going to hide and deny access to those things by basically binding the credentials to the application. So only if you have, say, for exa- example, a uh, Chrome credential and you're trying to get into the Chrome credential store, will you be allowed to uh, access that? So again, if you're not using legitimate means, then you're not going to see anything. You're not going to be able to access it, even if you have stolen a credential. So we feel like that level of new concealment will be very powerful. But what else is quite useful is um, let's play that same scenario out for an active directory environment where they want to try to enumerate active directory, be able to get information on the ADI objects that are in there now let's hide those objects but instead of just hiding them let's now feed back disinformation that leads them off the path and so this will misdirect them into a decoy environment where you can get additional threat intelligence so again back to being able to detect activity early the attacker cannot tell and this is what the disruption to the attacker tool comes in it looks real. I'm using Bloodhound. I'm typing my commands. I'm getting the information back I expect to see. And then I'm going to try to take action on that information. But again, it's all fake. And it's done by hiding the real things and misdirecting them. And so now you can do that for you can hide and deny access to credentials, to active directory objects. And so why don't we finish it off by hiding and deny access to the real files, folders, mapped shares, cloud shares, removable hard drive. So now not only can you not... El- escalate your privileges, you can't find the actual data that you're looking for. So talk about a powerful ransomware deterrent. You Now, whether you're trying to just go straight for, you know, what some people would say ransomware 1.0, I can't find the data that I want to go encrypt. And two, I can't elevate my privileges and get the uh, control that I need by taking over Active Directory to do a mass uh, encryption or malware um download onto your systems and so that is the big thing for deception um it started in 2021 it will continue to move forward into 2022 is that mix of decoy and concealment technology and of course those endpoint lures which will breadcrumb them to decoys as well
1: there's a lot to keep an eye out for and it's uh interesting to see where this is all evolving and as we said previously it does change in the blink of an eye so everyone who who's listening, who's in this field, make sure your your eyes are peeled and you're on top of all of this stuff that we've kind of covered today. So Carolyn, it is always a pleasure speaking to you about this kind of stuff. I could pick your brains for hours, but uh, I must let you go at some point. But thank you for coming on and giving your insights today. It's been great.
0: No, it's my pleasure. It is always fun, Max. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: You're very welcome. And thank you everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. If you do want more information, or as Carolyn said when we were talking there, if you do want to register for a free Active Directory assessment tool, they can let you know of any issues in your Active Directory. Again, it's a free tool, definitely worth checking out. And any of the resources we've mentioned in the show, you can find at ativo networks.com. That's networks.com. We'll, of course, be back soon with another episode in our podcast series, In the meantime, please join the conversation on our socials at em360tech. And for more great daily content, you can head on over to em360tech.com.